It is a joy to be here with you today on this warm day. Thank the Lord for a place to meet. A building is a blessing to have. And so we thank the Lord that we can assemble together. It is good to be back in familiar territory uh, for me, a place where I know more of the roads and more of the cities. I'm still learning uh, what surrounds Winkler besides farm fields. Uh, there are many other things as well. Uh, the Lord, as Pastor Turner has said, we moved back on August the 2nd, I believe, is when we left uh, B.C., and um, uh, it's been a process of God doing a work in our hearts and really drawing us closer to Him through it, and I'd like to say it's been easy. Um, I can't say that, but by God's grace, uh, we've seen His faithfulness, and uh, we've seen the Lord do a work in our hearts and you know, life is not about us reaching the place of comfort or a level of retirement that we wanted to have or what we thought would be that dream home. Uh, life is, is living for the Lord. And wherever God takes us, we need to be found faithful till our dying day uh, that we walk with the Lord and follow as He leads us. And I'm thankful, again, for a faithful church family here, Anchor Baptist, for those of you that are part of Anchor, for your faithfulness. And be steadfast and unmovable until the Lord calls you someplace else or calls you home, be here, be faithful. And those of you in the churches and the places that you minister, continue to be faithful as the Lord leads you. Be steadfast in those places. Uh, our job here is not done yet. And it may be discouraging times, but God is still faithful. And our world has seen a lot of discouraging times far before we ever came on the scene. God is not surprised by it. He is still sovereign. He's still in control. And God is still doing a work, and may we just be found faithful in that work that he's called us to do. Acts chapter 13, if you turn there with me, please, uh, this afternoon. Acts chapter number 13. As Pastor Turner mentioned, I do have the opportunity to actually serve at Canadian Baptist Bible College. And uh, I am the vice president of the uh, college there. And honestly, it's a very humbling uh, position to have assumed uh, the man that, um, uh, who I, I don't like to say the word replaced because I haven't replaced him. Um, he's still teaching at the college and still serving, and I'm thankful for his faithfulness. Uh, Pastor Brian Helm, uh, he served as the vice president for 17 years at the college and uh, really got to know him over the last 10, 11 months. And real faithful man with a heart for, uh, for young people and for the work of the Lord. And anyways, I had the opportunity to serve in that position and with that, of course, some responsibilities and things. But uh, just to let you know about the college, um, uh, I don't know how many people actually know about Canadian Baptist Bible College, uh, but we do have uh, a great ministry there uh, out of the Pimena Valley Baptist Church in Winkler, Manitoba. You might have to look it up to find it. It's about an hour and a half south of Winnipeg. And yes, Winterpeg, as I used to know it, uh, did live true for us this past winter. I think it was about the coldest winter I've ever gone through in my life. And I think with wind chill, we hit maybe minus 42, minus 43. Uh, that's cold. And, you know, when you watch those people throw the hot water up into the air and it disappears, we got to do that. And so that was pretty exciting. Brother Rice, I know that you probably know all about that. The summer was. <laughs> I'll stop complaining now then. <laughs> but at uh, Kennedy Baptist Bible College, we have a heart for training servants uh, to do the, the work that the Lord has called them to do. And it's an opportunity for young people uh, really to uh, take their time through the training. There's a lot of men that are already married with families and working their way through their classes. And 
many that have been there for quite a while and really staying steadfast and just consistent and keeping the goal uh, of finishing there, uh, but also some that have gone through in the four-year uh, degree. And uh, so I just want to urge you to consider God's calling in your life. Uh, Pastor Jensen is here as one of the graduates of Canadian Baptist Bible College and serving the Lord here in British Columbia in Victoria. And I'm thankful for he and his wife uh, serving faithfully, their family. And if you have any questions, he might be able to tell you more about the college than me. Maybe not, uh, but I'm sure together we could possibly get you the information that is needed. Uh, there is a brochure on the, the, um, the stand out there. If you'd like to pick one of those up, please do. Uh, even if college is either behind you or not even in your thoughts, possibly you'd like to pick up a card and just fill it out. And if you would select, uh, send me, um, let's see here, put me on a regular update list. If you just check that and put your email in there, uh, I've started sending out a, a monthly newsletter that we'd like to keep you updated on the college. And again, if you have you know, nobody with the prospect of, of Bible college, uh, would you at least consider praying for us? And uh, we'd like to keep you updated. If you fill out one of those cards, you can give it back to me or hand it to my wife as well. Uh, there's some bookmarks back there. Again, if you take one of those, it's just a way to remember to pray for us. And also there's some pens. Uh, if you'd like one of those, you can have one of those as well. Uh, all that we can do to get, to get the prayers of God's people. And uh, we're trusting that the Lord is doing something in our lives in this conference already. All right, now that we're out of time, let's go to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. And as Pastor Turner had asked me to consider coming and and as, as I was able to be able to get uh, the approval to come, I began thinking about what the Lord would have me to preach from. And really, it was very quickly that he pointed me to Acts chapter 13. Of course, what the, uh, where we find the first uh, missionaries essentially sent out uh, there from the church at Antioch. And uh, let's just read these first five verses. And if I could ask you to stand as we read these verses together, please, I'd appreciate it. Acts chapter 13, verse number 1. Bible says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene and Manaen, which had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they, ha they had also John to their minister. Let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Our Father, we are so thankful for your faithfulness. Lord, that we can be placed into the ministry and to be called your children and to be laborers, Lord, in your harvest field. I pray that you'd help us to be found faithful. Lord, as we look at this passage today and just uh, make some comments and some things, Lord, uh, as we think about the, the first missionaries that were sent out and as often we look back and as a reflection, Lord, to, to send out missionaries even today. And Lord, I believe that in this room, most likely you are pressing on the heart of someone uh, to be a, a missionary. Lord, possibly whether it's here in this local area or somewhere even overseas, Lord, I pray that you would Help each of us, Lord, to be tender to your Spirit's calling, that we would be surrendered, and Lord, that we would truly go, Lord, if it's your desire for us to go. I thank you, Lord, again for the Anchor Baptist Church. I pray you'd pour out your blessings upon them. 
meet the needs that they have as a church family, Lord. And I pray that you'd help me as I preach, Lord, that the message would be exactly what you desire. It's in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. Please be seated. As we look at the world around us, obviously, you know, even within our nation today, we are in desperate need for laborers. Uh, the theme of the conference is one uh, that should be very often on our hearts and minds as a church, as churches, local churches, that we would get laborers out into the harvest field. We don't need to prepare the work, for the work is already prepared. The fields are already white unto harvest. We simply need to go. We need to be obedient. As we've read in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 38, uh, that we are to pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers. The verse before it tells us that the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. We are not just talking about being a good Christian in our workplaces. Well, that's part of it. Jesus was talking of the need for men and women to go out into the fields of lost souls and plant the gospel seeds and proclaim its good news. I am burdened for our country of Canada. It's an honor for me to be able to have a, a, a place of service within a Bible college here in this country, uh, to be able to encourage young people to follow the leading of God upon their lives. And my desire is that Canada would be reached with the gospel. And quite possibly some of you in this room, and, and I had the opportunity to be the youth pastor here for almost 14 years, and I see some of our, our teens that are here, and I'm thankful that you're here today. But don't just sit in a church service and say that I'm just kind of passing the time. Let this make a difference in your life. And as God would desire your heart and for you to serve him, be obedient to that calling. Be obedient. You say, Pastor Nathan, I could never do it. By God's grace, we can do all things. It's not us, but it's all of him. And for our country, we need laborers. And while, yes, we must be sending laborers outside of our shores, we also need some that will answer the calling of God to stay here in Canada and give their life fully to the Lord. I'm not saying that I'm against overseas mission work. We need it. But please don't overlook Canada. If God is calling you to this nation, surrender and be willing to follow his will for your life. The process of sending, though, is not an easy process. We long for the end results for seeing souls saved, but it requires our full investment to see it come to fruition. Turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter number 11. Acts chapter number 11, we see some context of really the earlier days of the church at Antioch. In verse number 19, we see now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. Isn't it something how the message has not changed today? I had the privilege just last week to be able to preach at my uncle's funeral. And he was a police officer, and there was roughly 50 to 75 police officers there and I had the privilege to be able to preach the gospel. And afterwards, one of the officers came up to me. He said, thank you for preaching the name Jesus Christ. He said, a lot of people won't touch that name anymore. He said, thank you for preaching the name of Jesus Christ. Our message has not changed. We must continue to make, uh, make Jesus Christ the priority, the focus, 
of our ministries, of our local churches. It's not about the, the entertainment and the other things that surround us, but it's all of the Lord Jesus Christ, lifting high the name of Christ. They went and they preached the Lord Jesus. But it's interesting, in verse number 19, what took place? The scattering abroad. The scattering, among that scattering, and what happened, what took place because of that persecution. Look, Stephen had already been stoned to death because of preaching none other but the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful that in the midst of persecution, in that scattering, that the gospel continued to not only go forth, but really to abound, and more and more people were reached for the glory of God. And the Bible says here that they went and preached the word to none but unto the Jews only. And then we see that they went unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. In verse 21, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. God was at work. If in the midst of tragedy we fail to make known the gospel through a poor response, we have missed an opportunity for God to be glorified. The Bible teaches us or tells us here that it was because of the persecution that the church endured that came about the, uh, the death of Stephen, the martyrdom of Stephen, that looked the gospel continued to go forth and multiply and souls continued to be saved. We may have some difficult days ahead in this country, but may we be found faithful in preaching the same gospel from the same Bible, the same word of God that we have been given. God poured out his blessings on this work as the Bible tells us there that there was a great number that believed. God intended all the way through that persecution to bring forth fruit. Sometimes we like to say, Lord, take the persecution away, but then we want God's will to be done. And then we want God to save souls. But we must understand that even in a situation like we faced in the last few years, God did a work. And souls will be eternally in heaven because of what took place on this earth. Again, our focus is never the here and now. Our focus is on eternity. Our focus is on what God has in store, what God has in plan. We see in verses 22 to verse 24 that God would bring in Barnabas. The Bible says in verse 22, Then the tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch. Notice those two words in verse 22. Sent forth. Sent forth. Where did they come from? They came, of the, came from the church of Jerusalem. You think it was an easy thing to send them forth to the, to the church at Antioch? Probably not. But do you think God blessed that work? He did in abundance. And the Bible tells us in verse 23, who when he came and he had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added to the Lord. Though it may have been difficult for Barnabas to leave and for the church of Jerusalem to send him out, I'm thankful that there's going to be souls in heaven as we read there in verse number 24. Much people was added unto the Lord because of Barnabas' willingness to go, to be sent forth. God used Barnabas to serve in the ministry in Antioch for a time, and the Lord accomplished many marvelous works. Barnabas went and brought Saul back, as we see in verses 25 and verse 26, to help in this work. And it was evident that something stood out about this church and their connection to Jesus Christ as they were called Christians first at Antioch. You can't deny it. God was doing a special work in this place. 
in the place of Antioch in this church. Today we look in chapter 13, the book of Acts, and we see God sending Barnabas and Saul for the work that he called them to do. We look at what it means for God to send forth laborers into his harvest and what it takes as we seek him in prayer. Number one this afternoon, sending laborers involves servants. Sending laborers involves servants. Maybe you could put in parentheses, people. This is more than just sending supplies and sending money and and being a part of, yes, the prayer band back home. And these are all essential and all very important. But please understand, for God to send laborers, it involves servants, it involves people that will go. Verse 1 and 2, it says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. And it begins to give us a list of of men that were serving faithfully. And the Bible says in verse number 2, as they ministered to the Lord. These men were serving. They had a reputation of serving. They had a reputation for doing what God had called them to do. These men were serving the Lord in their capacities. Their ministry, though, was to the Lord and not to the people. The Bible says here, as they ministered to the Lord. Have you ever been let down by another person? Wives in the room, you could probably say, yeah, my husband lets me down quite a bit. Guys, you can't say that for your wives. But no doubt, you have a lot of people in your life that have disappointed you. And ministry at times can be discouraging because of people. By the way, ministry is people. And we can be discouraged because of people in our life. People that maybe we've even invested time and years into. Maybe have just walked out. We have no contact with them. You have no contact with them. People can let us down. But may I say to you that when you are ministering to the Lord, when you are serving the Lord, while yes, people will walk out, God will never walk out. And as God has called you to the ministry, stay faithful. Keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Stay with it. Stay faithful. Stay true. These were men of prayer and fasting. They maintained a sensitive spirit to the direction of the Lord. Now this is something that really was on my heart, I think, because of what my family had gone through in the last 10 months. And I'm not going to go into the details of of how the Lord directed us to move to Manitoba. But it kind of just hit me in the face that it was God's will. And it wasn't just something that fell out of the sky. Isn't that what I'm saying? But I told the Lord, Lord, if if we are going to leave this province of British Columbia, a place that we've served almost 14 years, and move to a new ministry, a a new province, there's no mountains in Manitoba, though there are a couple of ski slopes there. I said, Lord, you're going to have to make it clear. You're going to have to make it crystal clear. And he did. It took me a few months, and later I talked to my wife. Well, not later, but she said, I knew it the next day. Why is it that men would take so long to to figure that out? Now, I didn't mean that she was necessarily excited that very next day about it, but God's will was clear. And I just want to challenge you in your life, wherever you're serving, 
Stay sensitive to the Spirit of God. God will direct. And it may mean that God is going to take you out of a, an occupation where you were serving, out of a salary that you were uh, weekly expecting and, and depending, your family was dependent upon. Look, if God wants you to live on half of your salary, He'll take care of you. If God wants you to live in half the house that, that you're living in now, God will give you enough space to live and breathe. He'll take care of you. He'll look after you. God's been so faithful to our family. It's been a difficult process, but God has been faithful and true. And so we see, first of all, that sending laborers involves servants. But secondly, sending laborers involves service. It involves service. In verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, they were active in the work. I hope that every one of you in this room, a part of your local church, are serving in some way. Whether it's passing an offering plate, whether it's handing out a bulletin at the front door or playing the piano or singing in a choir, that in some way you are serving the Lord. Be faithful to the work. You say, Pastor Nathan, I could never preach. I'm a lady. I'm not, not supposed to preach. I, I understand that. God doesn't call us all to the same position. But God calls us to serve. God calls us to be used in the work. Be active. It may say to you to be faithful in that work that you're doing. When you're here for one week and you're gone the next and kind of spotty in your attendance, it's difficult to be able to depend on your labor. Be faithful. Be in your place ahead of time. Be ready to serve the Lord with your very best attitude, the best smile that you can put on, the best ability that you have. Give it to God. Do your very best in your service for God. We cannot stand, when there is, stand around when there is work to be done. I learned very early in my teen years for a man that I worked for, he said, get your hands out of your pockets. You can't be doing anything with your hands in your pockets. And so when I worked with him, I could not have my hands in my pockets. It meant I was not working. Now, in today's technology, you can work without your hands. You can talk to your computer and all of that. I get that. Uh, but in the olden days, I'm just kidding. We've used our hands, and you understand what I'm talking about here, okay? Putting the hands to the plow, getting to work. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 10.18, By much slothfulness the building decayeth, and through idleness of the hands the house droppeth through. Something that is lacking care and attendance. Maybe at times you've been sick. Maybe mom's in here, you've been sick, and your kids have not been looked after, and your husband is doing the best that he possibly can, and it's just not going the way that it should. I speak from experience. As my wife was expecting each of our children, she was quite sick, so it was on me to make sure that I looked after, especially as the, uh, we had kids already. I had to look after the essentials of the, the other kids while my wife was looking after the one that was still on the way. I don't think I did a very good job at it. It was a struggle at times. Do you know what? God's work needs our attention. Not because it needs our help. But God calls us into that work. And if we say, ah, somebody else will take care of it, look, quite possibly it will not get taken care of. Very possibly there are ministries that could be taking place in your local church if God is tapping on your heart and you'd say, yes, I'll do it. I'll help. I'll serve in that ministry. I'll get involved in that, that position. God directs as we serve. As a vehicle is in motion and is steered, 
God will direct you as you serve him. God calls those who are serving. The focus of their ministry of, of, of Saul and Barnabas was, was right. It was not for the benefit of self. It was for the Lord. The work was to point souls to the Lord Jesus Christ and to strengthen others in their walk with the Lord. Sending labors involves service. Number three, sending labors involves sacrifice. It involves sacrifice. In verse number two, the Bible says, separate me, separate me, Barnabas and Saul. Quite possibly something that would be very difficult for the heart of a pastor are those words, separate me. The preparation of being sent away is a separation process. One that God does a work in the heart of those being sent, in the heart of those doing the sending. But it doesn't necessarily make it easy. There was sacrifice on the part of the missionaries being sent out. They would give up the familiarity of a ministry that was moving along well. As we looked at here in Antioch, God was doing a work. God was leading souls to himself, bringing souls to himself. People were being saved. And the Bible tells us that they ministered there and they taught people and people were growing in their faith. And no doubt people were out reaching others with the, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Missionaries would leave friends behind, would leave family behind. There was also sacrifice for the church. They were giving up some key laborers within their ministry. They would leave gaps within the workforce, within the church. May I remind you, though, pastors, that regardless of where God may send some of your church family, God will fill those gaps. God will fill those voids. God will take care of those holes, so to speak, that we may think will be there if, if others leave. As we are sensitive to the calling of God, please don't look back and say, I wonder what God's going to do back here with regret. Just continue to trust the Lord that he'll take care of it. God has continued to press upon my heart as I've thought many times over and over again about the need that still exists here in the greater Vancouver area. And just to be around this place once again and to be reminded of the population and the demographics of this area, the need that we have, and much like Victoria where Brother Jansen is, the need we have for laborers. And oftentimes I've asked the Lord, why? Why would you have taken me away? And God reminds me that it's not your work. It's my work. I'm the one who is in control. And as you follow me, I will do the great work that I have. And I trust that by God's grace, more laborers will come here to this area. This is a vastly growing area in the greater Vancouver area. There's more towers that have gone up in just less than a year that we've been gone. People upon people that continue to come here. in The areas where you're serving, that God is no doubt bringing people to you. And never look at your place of ministry as something that is small and meaningless, but something that if God has placed you there, it's the greatest work that you could ever be a part of. And continue to keep your eyes on the Lord. Sending labors involves sacrifice. Number four, sending labors involves separation. Involves separation. To separate is to mark off from others to a point, to set apart for a purpose. The idea, similar to the idea of consecration. We're praying for a hundred consecrated labors to be called into the ministry. 
The Bible says here in verse 3, And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they what? The next few words, they sent. They sent them away. And then we see, So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. The church sent them away. The Bible tells us there in verse 3. I'm pretty sure there would have been some tears at that point in time. A struggle to let them go. But they were sent forth. I'm thankful that in my life I have a father and a mother that guided me to walk in the way of the Lord. And I remember when we moved out here to the West Coast and saying goodbye to my parents and my dad saying, Nathan, you need to follow what God has for you. And I thank, I thank the Lord for the parents even today that said, Nathan, you do the work that God wants for you. And didn't try to hold me close to them. I had the privilege last week to be with my parents. Through a bit of a difficult time, one of my dad's brothers passing away really suddenly through a, a heart surgery that didn't go as planned. And the closest brother to my dad, my dad's been through a lot of health struggles the last couple of years, and God's carried him through. I'm thankful for faithful parents. But I have a feeling it's not easy for them to be away from their grandkids. I guess me as well. My wife. It's not easy. That separation. As the church sent them away, as they fasted and prayed, and as they laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Notice verse 4. The Bible says, So they being sent forth by who? The Holy Ghost. What I said earlier about really God tapping on your heart and saying, I want you in this work. I want you in this ministry. I want you to go to this country to be a missionary. Look, be obedient. Go as God leads you. And parents, may I call on you, don't hold your kids back. The greatest mistake you could ever make as a parent is to hold your kid from following the will of God for their life. You may find them one day discouraged on the side of the road, not knowing the direction of God. And I'm not saying it's all your fault, but please understand, let them go. Let them be set apart as God would set them apart for the work. I have a feeling that God is calling more young people today than those that are responding with a yes, I'm going. Parents, let them go. Young people, go. If God is calling you, don't let the ties of this world hold you back. Money is almost like weights as we hold it onto our hands and as the more that we get, the harder it is to leave. But as you surrender it all to God, it's a bit easier to go. The fields may be difficult, but as God has told us they are prepared, we must be willing to separate. Sending labors involves separation. And lastly today, sending labors involves submission. Sending labors involves submission. Verse 4, so they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had also John to their minister. The obedience of Saul and Barnabas was proved that they were submitted to what God had called them to do. Submission responds, or submission responds appropriately even when asked to do something less desirable. 
These are just personal stories that I'm telling you today because it's really what my family has gone through the last, almost the last year. And I think it's why the Lord brought me to this passage. But as our family's been back here for a few days, we have a lot of memories here. A lot of places that we've gone that the Lord has allowed us to meet people and to see the mountains again. Something about the mountains and the splendor of God that we get to see. I think that submission is a daily submission. Every day that we wake up, God, I'll do your will today. Whatever it would be, God, I'll do your will today. I'll worry about tomorrow when we get to tomorrow, but today, God, I'm going to do your will. By your grace, you'll take me into tomorrow, and tomorrow I'll do your will. Daily submission will go. I'm so thankful that Saul and Barnabas went. I'm thankful today that we have an opportunity to be a part of a, a local church, an opportunity to really have these men in the history books of our local church, to be a part of what these men were faithful to do. And though they were only here on this earth for a time, God is raising up new generations to do the same work. Though it may not be in the same area, God is still calling laborers. I wonder, is there anybody in this room that God is working on your heart even now? And you say, Pastor Nathan, there is no way that I could ever enter the mission field after some of the stories that I've heard about missionaries and the way that they had to live. It might not be that you get all the comforts of North America, but the reality is a good portion of the population of our world does not enjoy the comforts of North America. We're truly blessed in abundance here. Maybe you've never been in a third world country, maybe you have, but to really get your eyes opened to the way that a lot of people live, could it not be pride that holds us back? It says, God, I enjoy what I have here. Love not the things of this world, because those things will hold us back. But when we set our eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ, we let those weights go. And we walk as God would lead us. God's work will continue to move forward. The question is, will you be involved in witnessing the salvation of lost souls? Will your church have a part in separating and sending laborers into the harvest field? The gospel will continue to advance. Our churches must be bodies of believers that are sending laborers into the harvest. Turn with me in closing to Romans chapter 10. Obviously a very familiar passage here. Romans chapter number 10, in verse number 13, a verse that we use so often in our uh, times of witnessing and letting people know about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 10, in verse number 13, it says, For whosoever, I'm thankful that includes every one of us in this room today, that you are a part of that whosoever, in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Do you think that goes for the entire world? A few of you do. You think that goes for the entire world? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Look, if God is going to send his son into this world to give his life for this world, as the Bible says, he proved his love towards us and that while we were sinners, yet sinners Christ died for us. I think God's pretty serious that he wants all men to come to Christ. 
Now we understand that not all will. But the Bible goes on to tell us as the Apostle Paul writes, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. How shall they preach except they be sent? Maybe there's some young men in this room and you know that God has called you to preach. Would you simply surrender to him? Lord, I don't know how I'll do it. I don't even like speaking in front of people. But if you're calling me, I'll go. How shall they hear without a preacher? You know, this country of ours here in Canada has a lot of empty pulpits. Churches that need a pastor. Churches that have been without pastors for years. And I thank the Lord for pastors that have stepped in in, in recent months and, and, and the recent years into these, some of these empty pulpits, but we still have a lot that are empty. And this just really adds unto the, the, the cities where we have no Bible-preaching churches. Yes, we have some cities with empty pulpits, but we have some essentially empty cities with no Bible-preaching churches. And we're just talking about our country here. If we were to look across the, the ocean and to see the other nations around us, Though the need is far greater than we could ever fathom. And for us to think that God is not calling us, I encourage you to ask the Lord, why aren't you calling me? Or God, am I not understanding your call? But as a church, the Bible says here, how shall they preach except they be sent? What are you doing to invest pastors into the younger generation to help them along to step into the work of the ministry? to do the work that God may be calling them to do. Hudson Taylor, when he was working on a Bible translation for a short time, he said this, In the study of that divine word, I learned that to obtain successful labors, not elaborate appeals for help were needed, but first earnest prayer to God to thrust forth labors, and second, the deepening of the spiritual life of the churches so that men should be unable to stay at home. I saw that apostolic plan was not to raise ways and means, but to go and to do the work, trusting in his sure word, who has said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. It's not elaborate appeals for help needed. As a local church, we shouldn't have to put up signs that says, help wanted. We should be so in tune to the Spirit of God that we can walk up to our pastor and say, Pastor, God's leading me or God's encouraging me to be involved in this ministry. And if you are truly in tune with the Spirit of God, your pastor will say, thank you. I've been praying for that for a long time. And that's how God works. God works in your pastor's heart and God works in, in your heart and, and by his spirit, he brings us into the work that we could not have ever dreamed of putting it together ourselves. And second, as he says, the deepening of the spiritual life of the churches so that men should be unable to stay at home. What's holding us back? What's holding us down? C.T. Studd said, if Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he died for me, there can be no sacrifice too great for me 
to make for him. Are you willing to go? Are you willing to be one of those laborers? Remembering that today, yes, it does involve servants. It involves people. If you're here today, you are a people. You are a person. You have an opportunity to be a laborer in the greatest work that you could ever be called to. In the work of the Lord, in the work of the ministry. Sending laborers involves service. Doing a work. Work now. Be active in your local church. Be active in what you can do now with your hands. Get our hands out of our pockets and put them to work. Let them be used for the glory of God. Sending laborers involves sacrifice. There's going to be some things that we have to leave behind or give up. Please don't ever think that it's unrewarded. Because the rewards are what we lay up in heaven. All for the glory of God. Sending laborers involves separation. Parents be willing to separate. Be willing to let those young people go and to serve the Lord with their life. Pastors, be willing to let the people go from your church if God is leading them away to serve Him in another area. Be willing to let them go. And lastly, sending, sending laborers involves submission. Of course, submission leads to obedience and acting upon what the Lord has for us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time.